like your Aspen Summer Cottage on the mountain ridge with the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. you Mike I'm gonna leave yeah. your behind pew pew I love them without hats uh welcome to the show we are gonna watch a full night movie on YouTube with you let us do it uh you can follow us on our podcast L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T always bring that up up front yeah. love to say that we are streaming right now on mutinyradio.fm as we do first on Sundays at 2 p.m pacific standard time mutinyradio.fm has a lot of great programming a lot of uh, long-running live comedy shows, uh, as well as community shows. So check them out. Donate to their Venmo at Mutiny Radio. Check out the website. Find a new show. Follow their podcast as well. Yes. Um, we're excited to be on it. Carl, what is the movie we're watching today? We are watching Thunderground, 1989. Thunderground. So it's the word thunder and then the word ground as one word because it's underground. Wait, this, this is a pun, Carl. We're entering pun territory, right? No, it's a portmanteau. We took thunder <laughs> and underground and combined it, right? Like, this is what Humpty Dumpty was telling Alice during Through the Looking Glass. Oh, we've gone through the Looking Glass. All right, Thunderground, 1989. Go ahead and type it in. Hey, Carl, who's hosting the movie? Uh, we like the channel YouTube? Draven. D Draven. 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 I, you know, when I saw the this movie was on Draven's channel. I just said, that is so Draven. That is so, so Draven. That's why I subscribe. Oh, yeah. Subscribe All to Draven. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so here's the deal. We want you to go ahead and find Thunderground 1989. It's on a channel uh, posted by Draven. Uh, when you find it, click the link and then immediately hit pause right there. And then fiddle with the timer. Uh, right now I'm trying to fiddle with my mobile phone. Uh, and then hit pause and move the timer to 000. Carl has scoured the world that he yeah. found himself a celebrity comedian. Right. Uh, from, uh, which, which exit this week? Uh, this week it will be from New Jersey. Oh, oh New Jersey. Okay, well, that's fair enough. Exit. Which exit? Is that what you said? I oh, how, how rude of me. That's so rude of me. One, exit 146 on the parkway. Yeah, 146 on the parkway. Fair enough. It's so, a great exit. Uh, lots of good uh, – I like the mayor of that exit. You know, I believe that exit has a Arby's and a Chevron and a Roy Rogers off of it. I know you're right because every exit in Jersey does. Yeah, and the Howard Johnson. Okay, it's uh, back in the day. So ladies and gentlemen, we're very excited to have this comedian who I'm not aware of, but I'm now a fan of. Uh, introduce the movie, uh, when they say go, go ahead and click go, and then I'll be back. But Carl, take it away. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back once again to the Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Carl C. Kellan. Hey, Carl. What's going on? Well, the first thing I wanted to raise, I mean, we see each other around the open bike scene. I'm up north, you're down south, but we bump into each other. I really thought we were name buddies. Turns <laughs> out your name is Mike. This is a stage name. How did that come about? I don't know, really. Like, uh, it's like I was talking to my friend one day, and we started going back and forth doing our old like Willie Loman voice. We um we loved uh, Death of a Salesman with uh, mm. Dustin Hoffman because we just thought he was. I don't know. I don't know if it's a good performance, like literarily or whatever it's called, but he was just so weird and over the top. Like Lee J. Cobb played him like miserable, angry guy, mm -hmm. and Dustin Hoffman we just thought was hilarious. So I don't know. So this is like a lot of time later. We're just bullshitting back and forth, talking like this voice. And we started calling each other Carl and Cal because we thought it was funny that their names were basically like one letter off, but they were yeah. best friends. And um, I just started doing the voice on stage. So I kind of just became Carl all the time. And it was born. Gotcha. I think your accent sounds like a North Jersey, you know, like a Brooklyn accent. Am I wrong on that? Connie, New Jersey. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And also all wrapped up within your persona is his attitude and the hats you wear. Where did these hats come from? I don't know. Just I started in the winter and I was always cold. Mm -hmm. And I get when I get nervous and cold, it, it's just worse for me. So I just <laughs> said to myself, I'm just going to like cover myself. And I never wore like a hat like this in my life, to be honest. Like I used to play baseball. And would occasionally like wear a baseball hat or something yeah, like outside yeah. of it. But I don't know. I just started doing it almost as like a little like just something to like loosen myself up. Just going like I look like a fucking asshole, you know, <laughs> just to like get get out of my own head a little bit and like fight the nerves. And then I just it just became like uh, I don't really perform without one. Now, recently, um, Richard Dweck gave me the sad news that the Brighton Bar is closed down. I know you were a big part of that scene there. Um, every time I've ever gone down there, it's a, like an hour and a half drive for me, but I just want to be in front of strangers. And there you are. What is your take on this place closing down? Um, 
I was just as like surprised as everybody, just really sad about it because like, like you're saying, like uh, we developed a pretty good thing over the last few years with Angelo yeah. running the open mics, and then on Tuesday, um, I don't know if you ever came on a Tuesday. Did you ever come to like Mad Lee's mixed mic? I um, guess I didn't. I guess I was just there for the open mic. Uh, yeah, on Tuesday nights there was a mixed mic, uh, so you, you could do music and stuff. But mm. you know, so I, I do like poetry or comedy still. And um, so, yeah, it was like Monday, Tuesday, and then Brian had Thursday. I was there like three, four nights a week recently. Yeah. So when they, you know, when they suddenly like uh, uh, closed, it was just, yeah, I don't know. I'm still getting my head around it because I like my mind and my fucking like, like a creature of habit. Like it just doesn't feel right. It's like when yeah. high school baseball ended and the yeah. spring came and I was like, aren't I supposed to go and do something at this time. It's time for practice, right? What's going on? It's yeah. like a vacuum. It, I mean, it's it's a piece of local history. Uh, well, we'll see what happens, but I guess it's going away. So now they roasted you there. They did a Carl C. Callan roast. How did that come about? Uh, we did it in August 2019. So I would say like a few months before that, uh-huh. I I started to stay on stage because I'd always be drunk. I thought it was funny that Dan Caprio would do a, a open mic at his house and you had to like DM him for the address because it was uh-huh. like his home address. And I didn't know at the time I had like was basically new in comedy. And I just thought it was funny that it was like DM me for the address. So one night I, after a set, I just said, uh, we're having a roast of me here. Dan Caprio's the roast master. If you want information, you got to DM him. <laughs> and then uh, people, enough people like followed up and asked me about it. So then we just, wow. you know, we, we asked Brighton, and they gave us a date with, like, plenty of time to promote. So we just kind of, like, went nuts and just tried to, like, promote it and just constantly say it and, like, hype it up. And it turned out, like, yeah, there was, like, I don't know, man, maybe, like, 20, 20 performers. And I, I think it was, like, I don't know, 60 or 80 audience. There might have been, like, 100 mm-hmm. total. It was, like, mm-hmm. a, it ended up being, like, a really, like, unexpectedly pretty like well attended and and the performances were great so it ended up being really good but it came out of nowhere i i I just i didn't know what to do like what kind of show do you have and i was like roast battles are like the new thing but maybe just because carl isn't like real but some people know but some people don't and i'm such a fucking weirdo i was like maybe (laughs) maybe we can kind of sell it and people are like get into the concept of doing the old-fashioned like you know one guy getting roasted which then turns into like a roast of everybody, which is, you know, the goal normally. So it that worked really out. cool. I mean, it just was born out of hap- happenstance with that DM me, and it was born on stage with a sentence. Uh, that is really cool. Now, the the most exciting thing, though, recently is this new audiobook podcast, right? Balls. Tell us about that and where people can find it. Ball. Uh, balls. Uh, we put out the first episode on uh, Spotify, and I think, I mean, we did it through Anchor, and we're trying to get onto as many platforms as possible. Uh-huh. So I think it's like uh, iTunes and Apple Podcasts it, it might be on or it might take, but Spotify it's definitely on. And um, yeah, I've just been sitting on this idea for a while. I was stoned out of my mind, and I'm <laughs> rambling about like, everything you see is like people are making ball shaped like novelty foods on like BuzzFeed and like I don't know like every video I saw on Facebook at the time it was just like 
chicken parm ball, a cheesesteak ball. And I just said, like, it would be a good fucking idea for a business to just make everything in ball shape so it's all uniform. There's, right. you know, it's the same packaging. It's the same, like, little baskets of balls. So and it's so the name of the restaurant then. Yeah, the, the character's name is Michael Ball because at the time it's like <laughs> in the story it's 2016, 2017. It's the beginning of like cancel culture, and everybody's kind of like nobody's gonna go for that. Like yeah, that like joke of like oh eat balls or like balls in your mouth. And he's like, it's my name. My last name is Ball. How could you tell somebody you can't you can't have your restaurant named? So and it just went from there, and I could never figure out how how to tell the story. So yeah. it just popped into my head one day. I was like, uh, there's this thing called Shit Town or S Town or whatever um, mm -hmm. podcast. And I never thought I'd like something like it, but I found myself listening to these like one hour episodes of investigative journalism and interviews. And it was interesting. So I was just like, you know, I've been sitting on these like 800 notebooks of notes on this story that I can't seem to write and tell fully. So I just asked Tim one day, I was like, you want to read a couple pages of, of a thing and see if you want to like come come at it from a different angle? So we just pushed it into the future. So in the story, it's 2045. Oh, and and so that's really good that this is finally coming to fruition. And uh, to name your restaurant that, that takes balls. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to get ready to watch this full-length movie on YouTube with the audience. So, Carl, why don't you go and count us down? All right. We're getting the wild. We're getting ready. You ready? Uh, three, two, one, go. Wow, that was a great celebrity comedian. Thank you, Carl. I, I do appreciate so. it. Yeah, yeah, New Jersey is a lot. Oh, look at this. Rosen Ruby's Attorney at Law presents. <laughs> Attorney at Law. <laughs> <laughs> All Confucius. Yeah, Confucius say, arg, grunt. Confucius say, pug, oof. Thunderground. Thunderground. Portmanteau. You hear this bluesy music? Why is Emmett Walsh, Emmett Walsh third film? Because he doesn't hardly do anything, and that guy will take any role. And don't forget, it's 1989. So you know the story about him in in Blood Simple. He no. told the, the Coen Brothers, "I'll be in this movie, but you pay me in cash." Uh -huh. They bring this up. They bring this up in the uh, DVD commentary stuff, and so he did the movie because they paid him in cash because he had no faith in them. And then he said yeah. that. He was only able to appear in one other Joel Nathan Cohen movie, uh, Raising Arizona, in the beginning. And he said uh, if he only trusted him more, maybe he would have been a regular. But he did. It was kind of legendary that he he wanted cash up front. So maybe he got cash up for this. This was uh, the that was the Cohen brothers' first film ever, and it was really quite independent. And he won the Independent Spirit Award for Best Male Lead. Uh, oh, wow. Emmett Walsh did from that movie. Well, yeah, he had a lot more than cash than he had. Uh... Okay, what we're seeing here is like a hobo camp in Tennessee. Oh, sure, this must be the Tennessee Hobo Junction. Yeah, this is a t that's that's right, Mike. You must you must know someone there. It's the Tennessee Hobo Junction. And, well, I know uh, I uh, not not sound stereotypical, but there's Shoeless Joe. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Now this is Casey, and he is doing um, 
uh, three card Monty. And he's, he's grifting the hobos? Yeah, he is pretty much grifting. Uh, he paid someone to win, you know, gave him sure. $20. Yeah, so that would make it seem like people can win. And now he's taking, sorry, Grandma, another day. Now, you uh, see how the cards are camel cigarettes? It's the, 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 well, the print's not so good. It's, it's Camel Cassidy buys those, those Camel, <laughs> camel cards. You know, I, as I look back, uh, Camel was so geared towards children. Uh, they had the cartoons and the comic books and, yeah, like the Camel Cash. Like, oh, I get to keep a, you know, it's like a decoder ring or something, you know. It's like a Cracker Jacks box. So you're saying that the Camel Cash that you got from your packages of Camel cigarettes from the yeah. late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. And then you bought off items off your uh, catalog. Right. Was the same thing as Grit Magazine advertisements in the back yeah. of <laughs> Yeah, no shit. Yeah. It was a scam to get children to try cigarettes and be excited and enthusiastic about them at a young, you know, at an age so that they would have a customer for life, you know. Have you ever been in a bar where you met someone who's uh, promoting cigarettes? Yes. Yes. It's so funny. What was your experience? Well, um, it would just be a young person who you thought was just at the bar, and they would talk to you about, do you smoke? And, you you know, and they, would you like to try the, yeah, I've been there. It was at um, uh, two or three times at um, the Boiler Room in Garfield, New Jersey, when I had the open nice. up there on Tuesday. Nice, they hit up the host. That is so great. They're really with it. Now somebody called Casey out, so she. Oh, he can't. She and, can do three card Monty. No, she proved that she wasn't cheating him, and then she, uh, he, walked off, um, because he knew that uh, the, there was the heat was on. The heat was on. Right, it was on the street. The heat was on. Da na 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 da na na na. Now, the guy on the right was in Blade Runner, but you might know him from Newhart. Right, sure. It's, he's Daryl, or no. Yes. Ken, Kenneth W. Roberts is his name. Um, I really know him pretty much from Blade Runner. He was pretty good in that. So Blade Runner, he falls in love with Daryl Hannah, or he built Daryl Hannah, and Daryl Hannah kicks his ass, right? And he wears, like, yeah. floppy, raggedy and shit. I just want to say for the record that that is a gross oversimplification, but in court, I would have to say to the attorney, yes, that is well, accurate. All right, let the record say it. Uh, <laughs> no further testimony, Your Honor. Uh, he played like a floppy. Witness. She's like, I'm going to kick, I'm going to kill you. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, he was the assistant to the big uh, CEO who made all of the replicants, and he was part of designing them and stuff. And um, remember, he 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 had all his little robots at home. Yeah, yeah hello, yeah. Jimmy. What was his name? Hi, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, his name now, was like Future PD or something like that. Hello, Future PD. Oh, hello, fellas. Oh, so here's the hobos. We're back in the. Well, past. okay. So what happened is. The guy who she gave the 22, you know, the guy she paid um, for uh, pretending to win, he was running away with 20 bucks, you know, with her 20 bucks. So Casey was sharp and he caught her. 
Oh, who's this dude? Uh, oh, is this the other celebrity? Holy cow, this, his, he must be Bird, the hero, the second hero of our movie. Ouch! Bird, Ouch, he jumped off a train. Is he free as a bird? This is like classic rock movies right here. He is free as a bird. There's Casey. I got your pack. Oh, right. Excuse me? She's, he, he, he is like, we think that she is a boy right now. So he is like, why did you jump off the train when it stops in a mile, you know, a mile up the up the track. Is she trying to pretend to be a uh, hobo boy? Hobo boy? Yeah, if you're a girl in the hobo scene, as I was for many years, you're right. vulnerable. Uh, you have something that men want, and it's kind of lawless, you know? So if you pretend you're a boy, which I did for many years there, uh, you're safer because nobody wants, nobody, you know, guys don't want to... You know, if they see a girl, it's on. If they see a guy, you know, it's like 80-20. Okay, so, Carl, would you do that again, or, or are you just totally no hobo? No. Uh, yeah, right. I'm going to sleep outside tonight, but hey, no hobo. No hobo, okay? Let's All sleep right. outside tonight, Mike, but no now, hobo. Now, now our audience can hear who writes this joke down first. <laughs> That's <laughs> the next open, open mic. Yeah. I, I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down. No hobo. No hobo. I think he'd be. Damn it. Yeah. All right. I gotta find a zoom open mic after this. Okay. So the guy from Blade Runner, the guy from New Heart, they were gonna do a fight, but his guy's kind of chickened out and hasn't shown up, and he's got a lot of money riding on it. He's taking bets. So Bird just jumped off a train and fell into Casey's lap. So Casey's like, right. hey, here's a chance for me to make some money. I got a man, old fat Joe man. You got a what? I got a man. <laughs> What's your man got to do with me? I ain't trying to get at this me. Funny. Oh, I have, I have a man. Oh, yeah, I don't believe you. Look, he's already shirtless. Oh, fuck. No, he's, his shirt's back on. <laughs> His shirt popped back. You think you could fight that big lug over there? I can fight. Good, Sanderson. Now, look, I think this movie started wrong as a writer. I think that the movie should have started with five minutes of the backstory of how Bird got on the road, how he was a prize fighter, how he didn't take a fall when the, you know, when the mob put pressure on him, and how they ruined his life and he had to run. Right. But they don't but do that. It's his mysterious backstory that's told during the second act, third act. It, yeah, it is. It's his backstory that's dribbled out, but not 100%. But, I mean, it would put some realism to this uh, film. I mean, we would have a reason that he's a bum and a drunk. You know, we'd find out that it just happened a week ago. You know? Right. It would be some reason. Also, he would become the hero of the movie. Really, Casey is the hero. It's their story together, and they're both the heroes, but it starts with Casey. Is Casey the is, manager? Like, is Casey, like, providing, like, these fights for him? Fair right. Point. Casey's like, you stick with me, kid. We're going to fight the man, and I'll tell you all about that. This has been a lot of movies that are, like, bare, buck, bare fighting, you know, bare-knuckle fighting. Like, fighting? Have you ever seen that movie with Terrence Howard? IMG? <laughs> 
Does, does it really gild the lily and call itself fighting? Yeah, it does. Tatum, Tatum, uh, Tatum, what, Chatham, Tatum. Chatham, Tatum. Chatham, Tatum, Tatum. Neil. Yeah, O'Neal. Uh, he plays, like, a really good bare-knuckle fighter and is an underground fighting ring that turns Howard uh, leads him through. And it's, you know, these films are great because they're so nihilistic. Like, it's such a end uh, to the end. Ouch! 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 Your fake punches really hurt! Oh, I think I think these are, like, real good uh, boiler makers, Carl. I believe the term. In the sweet science of boxing. It's clearly like a gas fire. Look yeah, how no, cold I, it is. I know, like, Street Fighter has more realistic fighters in the background. <laughs> Mortal Kombat has better fighters in the background. Round two. Oh, I haven't said Fight. that all yet during this movie. Are you ready? Get ready. Fight. What was that called again? This Street Fighter, and there's like Mortal Kombat. Yeah, com- okay. Porno, fighter. Porno Kombat. Dead for a lot. Porno, <laughs> Porno Kombat. Porno Kombat. I got Kombat. another open. Oh, I'll write that down. Hey. At least I beat you this All right. I, okay, so he wins the fight. He wins the fight. Yes. But Casey had taken all bets against, okay? So therefore, when it doesn't pay off, she tries to run. Okay, so all the people are, are going to, you know, she ran off with all the money. Uh, I tell you, that's the hobo world, man. You just can't make a square deal. It's like if you put some money in my hand, I'm going to disappear. I can't tell you how many times I've been in the hobo junks and betting on illegal bear box, uh, bear knuckle fighting, and it, it winds up being a scam. You know, there's no dignity to it. <laughs> now they all they caught. I up mean, with I'm him. betting on illegal. Okay, look, your yapping made us miss her boobs. Okay, we just missed the only boobs in the movie. They find <laughs> out she's a girl because her tits came out. So now they're like, you know. Give us our money. And then she's like, I can't because I won't. I just don't have enough to pay all the bets I took. And then they're like, well, we could work it out in another form of payment. And Bird will save her from getting raped. Bird will pretend like I get her first. I did the fighting. All right. Oh, wow. Rescue. And then you get, I'm just joking. They walk around the the other tranker. Don't let him hear, but I'm just teasing. Let's go. <laughs> oh, but she doesn't know that yet. She's, she's finding it out right this moment. But yeah, you're right. When she was getting tugged along, she didn't know for a second. She thought it was his turn. Conceal that boob, would so you? Yeah, gotta cover that boob up. That caused everything. She's like Yentl Hobo. Hobo Yentl. <laughs> Hobo Yentl, that's right. <laughs> Hobo Yentl. <laughs> I don't think... If you can, all right, let's come up with a joke and we'll see who can write it down first. Yeah, but I don't know if people would know Yentl today. We certainly do. They might think it's a, right. like uh, that lentil, the vegetarian, you know. The, oh, yeah, Yentl soup. I love that. Oh, yeah, sure. It's really high in protein. What are you talking about? Now, look, they just lost. She just lost all All her money. money. Yeah, and they're they're like, fucking victory. And, uh... Well, that's good. That means they're done. 
right? What we have now is like a, a sudden implied partnership that hasn't been sealed yet, you know? Right. Like she arranged the fight and, oh, there's somebody else in the train. Why, it's another hobo. This lets us know that it's a hobo world. This oh, is I, all I, fake, I, man. I know it's a hobo world. Listen, in the 1930s, during Depression era, for about eight years, there was a hobo culture. That went away. That went away. There are no right. traveling hobo gypsies in this world anymore. Not... Uh, I make pies and they put little marking outside my house of like pies and like <laughs> do a little angel and bark to let another you know decent person. Right. But yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, well I lost a uh, a bundle on bindles, you know, that Hobo <laughs> fans just went right down. Yeah, what we used to do, we used to take a kerchief and do it into a like a trifold and we would hang it on a stick. So oh yeah. Carry it on our shoulder. Yeah, it looked like a Norman Rockwell painting. So, Carl, when you were young and you were like, that's it, I'm going to run away from home, did you, like, build yourself a bindle? Like, got a handkerchief and put, like, your uh, underwear? That's or, what or prevented like your... me from, yeah, that's what prevented me from actually hitting the road. I spent about three nights trying to figure out how to fold it. We didn't have Google. <laughs> oh, you know, you had to either be a hobo or a Boy Scout. <laughs> so... After, uh, the, you know, on the fourth scared. day, I was like, fuck it, fuck it. I'll stay here. They, it's dinner time now. I'm not mad as much anymore. I'll just stay. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was crisis averted. The, yeah, the bindle works in any form. The bindle is great when you're carrying stuff, or, or is he playing the, the shoes harp? Jaw harp. The, the jaw harp. It's yeah. called the, Why do they call it called that? The, it's called the shoes harp. It sounds racist. Why do they call it that? I don't know, but I've also seen it listed as a jaw harp. Yeah, I think that's probably it. Yeah, bang, 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 bang. Snoopy did it that one time. Now, look, I've played that thing. <laughs> you know what? It was really annoying, but you got you to let it go. Give Snoopy, cut Snoopy some slack. You keep bringing it up. Yes, Snoopy played the jaw harp. Yes, well, he did. And then one time I was playing it, and it hit my teeth. The thing vibrates, you see. You pluck it, and it goes on. Oh, yeah. And then you make oh, yeah, the from your mouth, opening and closing. Yeah, and it hurt my, I, I never played it again. It hit my teeth, and I was like, ah! You know, how like, if you have a toothache or something, it goes into your brain, you know, like into the skull. Yeah, sure. That's what happened. I got hit. Yeah, like, you know when you have an ice, uh, a brain freeze, uh, when you drink something cold, it was worse. Oh, no. It was that plus electricity. Yeah, well, yeah, a metal thing hits your tooth. Look, it's the audience on my Zoom show. Mac, I haven't started. I have this new joke about no hobo. <laughs> oh, I guess the room's empty. All right. <laughs> we never did do that Zoom, Mike, did we? Oh, no. Well, you know. Easter, Passover got in our way. We'll say we'll do it later, and then we just forgot about it. Well, next pandemic, let's do it. Next pandemic? Okay. Perfect. Right. Typhoid Mary. Well, okay, so they both jumped off the train, right? And like yeah. I said, there was an implied partnership, but it hasn't been sealed, you know? Nobody made anybody any offer. Nobody did any agreement. So they're kind of, he believes, off on their own. But she tags along. 
Uh, I don't know why I don't see her yet. He, he bought booze, right? Yeah, he's a drunk. He's a closet drunk, uh, but it's not in the closet for very long. She just found out. So, you know, this is the scene in which we'll have the deal get struck. And he like, see, in Louisiana, in, in New Orleans, there is somebody called The Man, who happens to be Jesse Ventura. What, and, really? Yeah. And... You can I saw his name in the credit. I did, I did not connect it. It was that it would be the just the Jesse Ventura. He's our I don't know if the word is villain because he's not very villainous, but he's our thing to defeat. He's our this is really a battle with himself and herself, but he represents that. They're going to the big fight. This is the way the fight goes. Nobody knows about it. There's an arena of his choosing. There's no rounds. Wow. There, it's bare knuckle, and yeah. you fight to the death. Okay. What? Yes. Wait a minute. Now, wait, wait. Bare knuckle? Are you for real? Oh, what yeah. was the last thing? Uh, he he will give you ten. Nobody's ever beaten him. Everyone he's ever fought has died that night. Right. Jesse he Ventura. Will give you t yes, because he's the man. He will give the you mind. ten times what you put up. If you put up a thousand dollars, you'll win ten thousand dollars. This guy is rich, rich, rich. If you put up a hundred thousand dollars, he will pay you a million. So, and if he, he if you if he kills you, will he kill himself? Or no way? He what does he win? The fact that he killed you, and uh, and your hundred grand. But he doesn't seem to care about it, and we'll talk about it when we get there. Because I, it's not really yeah. a spoiler. It ruins the. Uh, well, anyway, I'll just tell you when we get there. He fights. He doesn't really care about the money. It's very clear. He fights for a low amount of money. He just likes killing people. I guess, yes. Um, okay, so they've hitched a ride, and what we're seeing now is it's life on the road. And we Casey's made a promise. She's going to get them to New Orleans, be his, like, they never say manager, but, like, get him fights and stuff. So they can get enough money to have a bounty for this uh, uh for this thing. So now they're meeting Howdy, yeah. folks. How you doing? And we learn like we're sister and brother, and he is a prize fighter, and <laughs> so you folks here smell like shit. <laughs> you guys like on the road and jumping out of uh trains and shit? Yeah. You were in a scrape last night. Look at Did that. You, uh, You're... Yeah, like you get bruised. Man. I'm going to have to wash my car down with a hose to get the snake off of you fellas. Now, this is Canada. It's all filmed in Canada. And I think that they're not, you know, they're trying to be Tennessee. Or, right. or you know, they're trying to be the South. So you see the gun. You see his cowboy hat. You see he's in a pickup. Oh, that's, that's South to me. Yeah, it's South to Canada. South to Canada. Oh, okay. it's America. South right. to Canada. Yeah, South of, what? No, it's, yeah, America is south of Canada, yeah. So here, uh, outside of a bar, is like a, a mobile chapel. It's a priest. Uh, no, right. I mean a reverend or something. And um, is this trying to get people not there? to go in. Oh, no. yeah. Yeah, uh, yes, the service is inside there, yes, on Sundays. Oh, that's a great idea. Except for COVID. 
Uh, right? Would you then, like to go around the country and spread the word of the Lord with me? Uh, I could rent. Yeah. I could rent a a patron. Right. Okay, so as soon as he the cowboy find out, finds out that that bird fights for money, he was all of a sudden like, "Boy, I'm getting myself mighty parched, mighty thirsty. How about a beer? I'll buy you one." And basically, we're going to get a fight arranged. Wow. What uh, what a coincidence that they're, they're riding, like, hooked them up already. Yeah, Must right. Be like a, it's a movie. The hobo underground, the underground boxing. That's another yeah. thing. Like. And the underground boxing will take place inside the bar. Does that sound like it makes sense? Inside the enough. bar? Well, the police are going to show up? So they're fighting to the deaths, right? Inside a bar. No, 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 no. Right now, they're not fighting to the death. Not at all. They haven't found the man. No, they're on their way, and they're just oh. doing fights on. Yeah, it's going to be like $50. They're going to bet $50 he can beat him. All right. Well, that, that's okay. I mean, if it's to the death, I would think it would be kind of a morbid bar. Yeah, know. that is a little far. Isn't that gilding <laughs> the lily to the death? Come on. We knew it was. Yeah. Oh, was it a. Uh... Tarantino movie, uh, Django Unchained. Yeah, he, he, he likes watching that in, in the parlor. So right. the guy Both who wrote the, the guy who wrote this yeah. was a bare knuckle boxer in Peru. Um, he was a movie producer. He also made known for a fighting man in 2014 and a dark. He did so fight films. Bare Knuckle Boxer in Peru, and he brought that experience to writing this. He's got 24 director credits, 15 actor credits, 46 producer credits. You know, it wasn't easy for him to write this because his knuckles hurt so much. It's hard for him to type. <laughs> so, <laughs> ow. Bare Knuckle, the world inside the world of Bare Knuckle. Ow, Knuckle, ow. Ow, but, ow. ow. <laughs> yeah. So the, the writer, the director, the producer, the people who all made this happen, they also made this one called um, Busted Up, and the guy's name was Earl Bird. It's the same name, same character. Uh, oh. That was 1986. When they released this movie uh, to video, um, it was also called – here it is. It was called – in Australia, it was called Busted Up 2, even though it's not really a sequel. The guy's got the same name. And now, he's look, a bare fighter. Look, they crashed right through the wall, and now we're going to have the rest of the fight outside in broad right. daylight in the pig. Uh, look at that pig. Oh, look at pigs that. So they, they fell into hay, which is good. Coincidentally, that's great. They would have hurt otherwise. And then now yeah. they're mud wrestling, which is great because otherwise it would hurt. Right, because the yeah. mud is softer, and uh, the pig is great production value. We didn't see oh, a horse yeah, when he had the hay. Well, the producer is actually – that's the producer's uh, – <laughs> You see. Slept with the producer. <laughs> I porked him. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Get up out of the pigsty. That's for pigs. Show some respect to the pig. Now, the guy who directed this only has 18 director credits, but he's got 16 writer credits and 32 producer credits. And he uh, – basically, they're like sort of ex 
the fight films, you know, and exploitation stuff. It's all B-level movies. Uh, They're all gone. Blood wrestling. Now, Casey was in Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah, I never saw it. I never saw it either. It just looked too stupid, stupid, stupid. Yeah, too stupid. Now, every time that guy, um, who, what's the name of the actor who was the star in that? The uh, the guy who did the TV show Third Rock? Sasquatch. Henry. Oh, no, you're talking about John Lithgow. John Lithgow. <laughs> okay, John Lithgow does two things, two things only. He does a comedy and he does a, a drama. When he's doing a drama, he is the maniacal guy. And when right. he's doing a comedy, he's super stupid and silly. That's all he does. So when Harry and the Hendersons came out, I was like, do I really want to sit through <laughs> John Lithgow? He's not evil, right. He's not evil in this movie. He's not raising Kane, John Lithgow. Right. You know, I think I think like Third Rock and the Sun just he stopped being a movie star after that. Like I'm sure he yeah. did plenty. The, the TV series was great, and he was great on it. And then mm-hmm. sure he made a lot of money off of it. And he did Dexter, of course. And he still shows up. He played uh, oh hell, uh, so he's the husband of a night uh, late night talk show host. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, I sh- I gotta interrupt you. I'm sorry. I okay. need to interrupt yeah, please do. Just for the the show. Yeah, of course. Minister who's driving them now. He's you know, his he is a professional boxer. He's retired, and somehow they wanted to get him in this film. Uh, his nickname was Golden Boy, um, and that's because the statue in Manitoba. Of the the like legislative building, you know, um, in Winnipeg is is golden. So they called him Golden Boy. I don't know. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just had to. That, that's oh no, I was blathering on and on. I'm glad you interrupted me. Did you notice the graffiti in the background that said the Underground? <laughs> Thunderground. The underground. no, no. They said they said the Underground. Yeah, uh-huh. right. The Thunderground. So maybe it's short. Like people got tired of saying the underground. No, it's thunder, like thunder and lightning. It's gotta be, but it's underground. No, they abbreviated it. They were like they just kind of they kind of slimed it together. Like uh, when the French do L apostrophe if there's a vowel. Yeah. So underground. Okay, what we're seeing now is we're getting Casey's backstory. Like I said, this is Casey's film, even though they're partners, and it's. I don't know. It, it's it's as much Bird's film, but she's the our star, and this is where she used to be a hobo with her dad. Okay, so it's like, yeah, it's my old friend hobo. How you doing, hobo? Well, who <laughs> do we have here? Um, He's Bird. Bill Ticket. Um, Bill Ticket. So in the backstory, we're going to learn that um, her father died. And they were good friends. The you know this is where they like lived, even though hobos are supposed to be traveling. I don't know. Um, so this is still the 1930s, right? No, this is not. It's it's 80. Uh, uh, it's 89. I mean, they don't look how modern everything is, and it's got the blues. Me, I don't know. This is not the 30s. Nobody's in a period piece thing. Yeah, I guess you're right. So how it's, come they're not like in the eighties they were something called homeless, right? I mean like it, look, it's, it's this is mythical. This is mythical. It's a movie world in which there's a hobo community and culture and it's just not a true thing. I mean, we just don't have economic disparity that has so many people on the road. 
These guys would get a job at McDonald's, you know, there's, it is not, uh, that sounds very insulting to McDonald's workers. I don't mean that. What I mean is they could absolutely have a nine to five minimum wage. Absolutely. Right. It's available to them. Um, I just want to say this actor, like he's really a B-level actor. He started in 78. He was on Bionic Woman. Just one episode, you know, all of all the time, one episode. <laughs> the Rockford Files, Black Sheep Squadron, Six Million Dollar Man, The Incredible Hulk. And then he was on Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew Mysteries for two episodes. Oh, no, it was, it was a crossover that they just aired twice. Probably. But he was on Battlestar Galactica for three episodes. Wow. Then it's back to one episode. Buck Rogers, Fantasy Island, ER. Oh, Get a Life. He was on Get ER. a Life. Yeah. We love he's a character Life. actor. I do. Uh, yeah, I guess I do. Yeah. I, I don't think he's a character actor, no. Because he is you know, the handsome, star-quality-looking guy, you know. He's, he, what's his character? Well, character actors are, uh, they play a role. It could be a quirky thing. It could be, uh, I'm... Right, yeah, they got like a... The, yeah. Okay, so the cops show up and bust the party. So what does Casey do? She steals a cop car. Look how they're beating the shit out of people. Oh. It's nonsensical, this movie. If there was a homeless place, you don't come in and start beating them, right? Maybe. I don't know. I, 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 this is Louisiana, Canada. I have no idea. This movie's in Tennessee. Oh. But it was shot in Canada. Yes, it was. And it was only shot in one month. But I'm saying the story of the movie has Tennessee cops showing up and being like, Oh my God, you're, oh, you're homeless? Bam, bam, beat him up. Arrest that man. Well, you know, Reagan should have said something earlier in his uh, administration, and maybe by 89, it wouldn't have been an issue. Right. He should have said something. So who do you think the most famous homeless person in the 80s movies is? Do you think it's the guy from Back to the Future or something the park bench? Buck Flower. He's, uh, he's pretty representative. What about, uh, I'm going to go to hell for this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they've stolen a police truck. So now what they essentially do is abandon it and make their way into the woods in a way the cops can't find them, like through the muck and mire. They, the cops just won't go in. It's not worth their time. They got their truck back. Yeah. Now, here's a ridiculous yeah. thing in the movie. The cop fires a shot. I mean, why? who are these stormtroopers, right? These fascists are right, yeah, beating on homeless people, and they're going to shoot. You're trying to escape. Is this the Empire? It's just a warning shot that might actually, you know, fatally hit you. Yeah, it's illegal. You, as a police officer, you are not allowed to fire a warning shot. Did you know that? No, but I'm writing this down for my my act. <laughs> when you sh when you fire a bullet, it will not stop traveling until something stops it. Like when people right. shoot their guns straight up in the air, 
that bullet's coming down. It's going to make a big old arc, right? So it's going to hit the sun. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. It has to go down. It cannot hit the sun. Yeah, yeah. It will go in an arc, and it will land. Who knows? It could be an abandoned field. It could be, you know, it could be anywhere. Now, what trips me up are laser beams. <laughs> right? Like, if you're in Star Wars, and you, you see the laser beam, like you're a stormtrooper, and you yeah. see, like, this guy wearing uh, leotard running around with his sister, mm-hmm. you would shoot the laser beam, right? And mm-hmm. go, pew. But when does it stop pewing? Like, does it cut through the Death Star and go into outer space? Yeah, that's a good question, because we see it not. We see it like it's an impact, right? It hits something. Even when it hits something, it just kind of gets like a a dusty explosion off. Right. Like it just chipped your shoulder or something. It doesn't like slice right through you. Well, the laser is actually a very bad uh, weapon because it misses Luke Skywalker all the time. Oh, man. Have you ever seen the Star Wars movies where they're in the battlefield and like it's a prequel or the prequel and they're like, they're talking and there's like fire laser beams shooting around their head. Right. I'm talking to a holograph. The clones and the droids are fighting again. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The um, uh, uh, the Jedi, right, in that like, scene you're talking about, every time they fire, they hit something and something dies. Every time, the droid uh-huh. blows up. Uh, but they always... Okay, so what happened is they spent the night... Because and they were arguing and bickering. You've got us out in the wild. So she swam. We learned that uh, he can't swim. She swam and w- he saw her naked, kind of, to right. a farmer's. Now she's waking up in the morning and she's got like stolen clothes. It took apples off a tree. She like pilfered the place, and he's uh, like gruff about it. She stole a boat. Oh my God. This is all 89. Now we see that she's a girl, like, I don't know, they could have, I don't know. So anyway, they take the stolen boat, which he just objected to. Um, They're going to go down river and our adventure will continue. This is really a dead part of the film. Do they have like a, a romantic song about raindrops falling on her head or <laughs> no? There, for two. <laughs> there is no romance between them at this time. Nothing worry about me. It's all talk like, don't worry, when we get to the see the man in Louisiana, you're gonna be riding high. Let's let's put it on for a second. All right. Yeah, he's talking about the the man right now. Word is. He must have been Jesse the body, right? It was before any politics. Uh, it was long before politics, yeah. He, he was the announcer. He was color commentary on wrestling, as well as a wrestler. Yes, absolutely he was. So, um, let's see. Predator was 1987. That yeah, was, I was gonna say Predator. That's a big one. The Running Man was also a big deal, also with Schwarzenegger. But that was 89. That 90? was 87. Wow. So he did No Holds Barred this year too, a Hulk Hogan film. Right. Sure. 
So it looked like his uh, career was going to start going down, but no. He was in Ricochet in 91, Demolition Man in 93, Major League Two in 94, Batman and Robin in 97. Uh, Who could forget that role? (laughs) Then it starts to go down you know well, he, he had he got elected governor so he was he was in politics but he also he was doing like radio shows it, no you're 100 percent right he he does joe somebody in 2001 the joe master somebody. of disguise with dana carvey in 2002 next thing you know he's 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 the governor between 99 and 2003 so i guess those films just came out then right maybe they have like we need to slide by Minnesota. Hello, Governor Ventura here to welcome you to the great state of Minnesota. Now, Ventura's from Minnesota, and this film opened September 1, 1989 in Minnesota. Oh, so, was this, so you're saying this was a direct-to-video movie, basically? No, it did have a theatrical release, but then, yes, it went, okay, so let's see. Uh, Underground, yeah, it would. It, it had an Australia video release and a USA video release. You the video was released as Boxcar Blues. I don't know how much it was in the theaters, but it was in more than one theater. It wasn't direct to. Sure. Okay, so she wakes up and finds that he's drunk as a skunk in the bar. Right. And she's doing stuff like. You got to stop drinking the sauce if you're going to fight the man. And he's like, get out of here. It's like a, it's a ugly, ugly little scene. Oh, not since Barfly have I seen such dramatic. Oh, he's reading a comic book too? Barfly, wow. Mickey Rourke. Yeah, it anyway. Interesting. Barfly. He was reading a, he was reading a comic book in, on the bar. It's not, it's not a library. <laughs> you gotta have to buy that comic book. They had they had uh, dishes of peanuts, dishes of pretzels, to New York Times, and a comic book. Yeah, that's not bad for happy hour. You can okay. spend like. Yeah. We meet this kid for no reason. He's got nothing to do with anything. He's bashful around a pretty girl. He's pointless character. He's somebody's son. <laughs> Here's your coffee, Miss Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> oh, no, this is like an important role. This is like the spiritual, like, random person on the road. Droopy, doopy face. Oh. No, he's a local boy who's sure. out fishing. He's talking about fishing. Yeah, but when you're on a road trip movie, yeah. it's got to be one, like, naive waif who comes in and, you know, at the end of night and a half, it gives you bread and sunglasses. You swap your sunglasses for it. <laughs> and gives you your coffee. So, okay, he's got the money to pay. He's drinking away all their money. But then in the next scene, he's getting kicked out of the bar and thrown into the water for absolutely no reason. Because he's an a-hole. Well, he's counting right now, right there. This oh, guy looks yeah, like a boxer. I'm sorry. Four times Bear watching boxer. this movie, and I miss that every time. You didn't notice that guy? I thought he was a boxer. He has to. The bartender has to be a boxer too, right? That you know, I, yeah, I absolutely was thinking about that—a wrestler or a boxer—because his look and feel screams that. 
but I yeah. could not find that on the internet. Who was the bartender? And let's see here. I think I got some. The, the internet was very quiet about this film. It, this film sucked, and everybody just they didn't get any mind. Seriously. That was, yeah. That was also, there's this famous actor, Michael Ironside. Do you know him? Yeah, sure. Of course. I think that's one of the reasons why I got I found this movie. Was yeah, they, that's a scam. I don't know where he is in this whole entire film. Now, he probably was there, but... They made it like because well, he must, came. Uh, Michael Ironside has three looks. Like right now, he he's in movies and he has a very old, like old man look, right? You know, he's a genuine old man. Well, what was he and, in? Who is this guy? Uh, I thought he was like a Robocop or like you know, he's a mean like he's okay. meaner than Brian Dennehy. Now I know him. Now I know uh, who you're talking about. I saw him recently in Turbo Kid, which is kind of a parody of eighties movies where they play it straight. Over and he, you know, he kind of looks like a mess, but he plays his role, you know. Right. He, uh, he, he recognized him. Like, you remember the TV show Hunter? And, like, Hunter was like a badass. Yeah, I do know who you're talking about now. And he's kind of like a Hunter type of guy. Like, he looks like a badass. Help me find him in this film. Uh, All right. Is he just a man? It just, it's not clear. Okay. Basically, Casey's going to scam and get a car now. This is like in uh, Something Wild. Well, they actually pay in cash for the car. Something Wild was... It was Melanie Griffith and... Uh, right. Uh, I was thinking of Michelle Pfeiffer and... and uh, uh, oh, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, yeah. And Jeff Goldblum in this forgettable film that you told me to put in my Netflix queue. Listen, be a little cautious with my Netflix queue, okay? I asked <laughs> right. you, should I see this movie? You go, yeah, yeah, see, yeah, see. Right. And I spend an hour 30 of my life. <laughs> be a All little right. more Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, discriminating. Okay, so Casey's saying, can you believe it? It's the first time I ever drive. My daddy's going to get me a car for my birthday. And she goes, I never drove before, and I never did you know what before. So he's like, why don't I kill the two birds with stone? I test drive it, and you can test drive me. But you got to get naked first. This is Casey's scam. Right. He goes, throw your pants in the back there. I wouldn't want my daddy to see them all dirty. I was right. It says ironic that it says clean on the car. Yeah, turn around. I'm bashful. And then she takes off. What's that noise? Let me take my clothes off. That's the, re the rev of my electric brazier. Well, how hey, far off? Hey. Come back here with my pants, not even the car. Suck in Canada. Look at you. Go, 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 go. Go, go, go. This was filmed in one month. They were in and out. Well, because he drank the budget away, so they had to get it done. <laughs> like Dennis Hopper. Yeah, right. You drunk because you've been drinking. Can you, you see that? Yeah, so when we saw the movie King of the Mountain, 
to the scenes you were saying that the scenes where he was driving, driving, he was drunk off his ass. Yeah, it's legit. Now this is fake. He's probably not drunk, but Hopper certainly was. But the thing is, I just find it funny that Casey slid over and said, "You've been drinking. You drive." I mean, he didn't look at him dri- drinking and driving right now. I love the eighties, man. Right. And they cleaned the car off of this. They, they, they drove, they drove, and they drove to a point where they stopped, and then they now they when they put it. the when the she just threw it out the window and yeah, he, doesn't mad. he doesn't get mad. When they mark the cars in a used car lot, it's soap. They're basically using a bar of zest soap or something. So, so you can wipe it down. Yeah, you can use the the cars. Uh, it doesn't permanently stain the window shield. <laughs> not at all. Not yeah. at all. Oh, well, I don't know why I thought that, but yeah. All right, that makes sense. You wouldn't want to permanently damage the windshield. That would be a good NASCAR. Uh, look, she just got his wallet. I, I didn't see that for watching this. This is the fourth time I've seen this fourth film. Looking, seen this movie. Yeah, and she's got – I saw the money, but I didn't see that she stole it from the wallet. I'm stupid. Anyway, this movie is pointless at this point. They will now try to get gas. The place will be closed. It'll be morning. It's it, – there's no – this film was poorly written. You want to get to the man. We want to get to the final act. No. Not necessarily. It needs to be a long journey to get to the man. But the thing is, they're not doing anything that makes them learn anything about their character, which makes them bond together. They're not doing anything that gets them to their goal. It's just like we're driving to Louisiana, and it's, you know, it's like as far as California. It's miles away. It's Okay. So they pull in to get gas, but the gas station is closed. So he's like, I'm grumpy. And he like goes into the, I don't know, bar cafe and falls asleep. It's stupid. It's There's no point. All right. Let me see if I can find something interesting to tell you about this movie. No, no it's all right. Are we going to make it to the end of this movie, Carl? Yes, because it's going to pick up. When they get to, you know, when they get to Louisiana, we're going to start seeing Emmett Walsh. We're going to start seeing some fights in which there's, you know. When you're watching okay. a fight, something's going on. We're still like 20 minutes into this movie. Um, where are we? Uh, we are 48 minutes in. It's an 48. hour and a half. Okay. So right. we're surviving. We are surviving here. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Okay. This was produced by Sharpo Glickenhaus Entertainment. And apparently, there's like, I don't know, they were called sleaze action specialists, but basically they did B-movie fight movies. And in the 80s, it was cheap to work in Canada. So this was one of their films that was there. And in Canada, there was Damien Lee and Ted Schmidt, who were Canadian exploitation producers, claims the... They did another Jesse Jesse movie called Kickbox... um, Called Aaron Ventura in Aberra. I don't know. Aaron. I can't read it. But anyway, the point is they were. This was more of the same for them. In this scene, we will learn. You remember we learned he couldn't swim. Now we'll learn he can't read. Does that make any sense? Wait. It's not a library. I can't read. Oh, all right. Do you have a comic book? 
So we find out that he can't read. Now, how is that possible, right? This universe in which there's a hobo culture and cops right. are fascists and, I mean, you know what I mean, like cops are stormtroopers and uh, he can't read. Did He didn't go to elementary school. How was he a prize fighter? He couldn't read a contract. Well, he can't read. Oh, yeah, it's just one of those things. I have blonde hair. You're a brunette. You can't read. You're tall. <laughs> Come on, man. How could you grow up in the United States of America and not learn to read? If you were not a if you're a middle class, look at him. Right. Here you go. I think this is a five dollar bill. The this principal yeah, it's, reads it's, calf instead of gaff. It looks like this is a cast station. Right. Let's go to the cat station. What are you so talking now, about? <laughs> so now the director tries to have us have something endearing. She's bought him a present and it's a book. And she'll teach you how to, and she'll she'll teach him how to read. And what's neat is that the book is um Huckleberry. Is it Mark Twain? Yes, which is the one is it you can say Huckleberry Hound. <laughs> by Mark Twain. Yeah, that's the one where Huckleberry Finn and uh, Tom Sawyer, which was the one where he goes away with an escaped slave and they are in the raft down the Mississippi. Is it what I think it's Tom Sawyer, right? No, I think Tom Sawyer was the friend in this town. I think it's the adventures of Huckleberry Finn. And I think that the writer is trying to say they're just like they're on the road yeah, right. like the Yeah, it's stupid. Oh, I got an ad. Me too. I got an ad too. Okay, so maybe people at home do. Your video is now okay, I'm restarting. No, wait, I have another ad. I have sometimes I need to mix it up. Shit. Well have to up. leave it. I'm back. I'm back. All right. I'm so, at uh, fifty one okay. Oh, we're back. still driving down the highway, right? Yes, right, yeah, yeah. They're moving right along. In search of good times and bad. Together the we'll nab it. How can the Muppets do a better job of this? The what? Muppets do a better job of this. Oh, yeah. We'll hitchhike bus and yellow cab it. Cab it? We're moving right along. And fancy free. Ah, the bridges of Madison County. They must be in Madison County. Oh, because of the bridges? Mm -hmm. There's Todd Bridges and there's. Uh, there's Bow Bridges. There's Bridges. There's Bow Bridges. There's, there's Jeff Bridges. Do you see Jake's Lounge? Oh, hi. Is that where? Oh, yeah, I see Jake's Lounge right now. All right, I'm a little ahead of you, aren't I? Yeah, it's all right. Look, tell me when you see him pissing. Uh, he's getting out of the car. Okay, I yeah. think he's pissing. I'm, I'm like three seconds ahead of you. Okay, I'll... Uh, Why don't you pause and then, I'll, just, then, then unpause? I'll commentate on lag. All right. Okay, we've so now, right now they're on the Louisiana, road. and at least now our movie will like sort of begin again. Look, oh, we like God. each other now. Yeah, she doesn't have to pretend to be a guy because there's no hobo. 
Now, as you know, Louisiana is in the Gulf, and Louisiana also has the Mississippi, which flows there. So what beach were they at? It's right? a lot of water. Was that, is it the Mississippi? I guess so. Or is it... Well, we should call and get some, some po'boys. I was ready to call that number. <laughs> get a po'boy? Po'boy yeah. sandwich. Like, I should have written that down. That was an actual number. Well, it's on YouTube. You can... Uh... Yeah, we're... we're uh... Okay, let's see how much gas costs. 14 cents. Yeah, and they bought a dollar sixty-four. $1.64 worth of gas that are on the road again. Crazy. Here we are. Yeah. You see Louisiana? Tell me when. Uh, yep, there we are. Yeah. Good old... New Orleans. New Orleans, yeah. The girl's trip. I saw a girl's trip. I know where I'm at. Now, this is not uh, Mardi Gras. You can see it's just a regular day. Yeah. And there this is, is no girls gone wild happening. No, it's just drinking in the street. Nothing to see here. Those are real people. It's not extras. Really? Yeah. I don't figure with their budget, they would be able to afford. Look how Paris the buildings are. I mean, the French, it really was a French city. Yeah. Just one, just 25% of it is the French Quarter. I, yeah, that might be true, but the entire city has the look and feel I don't know. Oh. I've roamed the city and I've been in those uh, graveyards and I've been all around there and the whole place is architect. It's true what you're saying about the French Quarter, but I don't know. I don't know what to tell well, you. I, I was making a joke. I was saying Oh, uh -huh. they had the French. It's not the French Quarter. It's the Frank. It's uh... Emmett Walsh. May I have your autograph? I loved you and everything else. You were great in The Jerk. You were great in every movie but this one. I loved you in Blade Runner and Ordinary People. He, so he's in my favorite Christmas movie, Christmas with the Cranks. Mm. He's, and he's super old in that one. He went like from like old to like super old. Yeah, yeah. When you don't uh, take care of yourself earlier, then when well, later comes, it accelerates. Well, he, he looks, he's, you know, he's, he's looks young in this, but he always plays a guy who's older. But yep. he, he can't be, like, more than, what, in his 40s right now? Uh, maybe, but the 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 I, I'm one to talk. The stomach and the double chin really don't do him good service when he gets older. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you start bad, you end horrific. But, I mean, but if you're a character actor who played old, and then you play yeah. old for the next 30 years, yeah. at that point, you're really going to get old. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... This Emmett is this the way to the man, okay? He's the only person in Louisiana who actually can contact the man, all right? All right. So a lot of sleazy stuff is going on here. First of all, he's really creeping on her, okay? He's like, hi, hey, you're all alone, little girl. It's sick. Let me put it up. Let me put it up. Right. See that? Wedge. Isn't he just uh, gross sounding? Yeah, he's got that, that, that voice. 
beer, soda pop. What can I get for you, darling? Well, he sounds, that's actually nice. He sounds kind of nice. Oh, yeah, he's nice. Okay. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> he's going to get a beer, a soda pop. She just, she just wants to fight. Well, she's saying, you know, he's like, well, how much money do you have to stake? And she's like, nothing. And he's like, well, so she, he can arrange some fights, okay? And Bird can make money from the fights and get enough to have a bounty to go against the man. Do you see the logic here? No, I know because how many fights can how many? I mean, you're right, Michael. Like, I was uh, wrong. He's a really <laughs> nice guy. Look how friendly he's being. Oh, he's being very friendly. Didn't see that coming. Whoa, that indicates trouble, Bird. You better get up there. Right. Uh, off he goes. That's his cue. When he grabbed her boobs in the original cut, um, he squeezed twice, and the director added, honk, honk. <laughs> but That's they took that cut? out. Yeah. They took that out in the theatrical release. Right. Well, unfortunately, that was a verse in the Academy watch. That's the reason why he never got recognized. And he's out of here. Look, this... This is all authentic Louisiana. It's no Canada for this whole segment. The fights in Canada, the, uh, you know, other stuff's in Canada, but this is all in New Orleans. The warehouses are all, like, real Louisiana. Yep. So we're in Canada right now. It's interior. Uh, no, we're probably not in Canada right now. Come on in, Evan. Yeah, where's the guy who's going to beat me up? He's in his underwear, and he lets her in. Yeah, well, good for Evan. This is my house. Oh, this movie sucks. I like Emmett, though. He seems like a late addition. I mean, it's just like he shows up towards the end. Yeah, he's just, um, he's a... He's a a subplot, you know, and he's basically just a way to the man. And it was, I don't know, we got to be still in Act 2, but approaching Act 3. And so I guess he's a B character that supports the plot less than the characters. I don't know. Right. Well, because they, they just showed up to New Orleans. There's been this word that there's this underground in New Orleans. So they get there, they find this one guy who knows a connection, but this... No one else knows anything about this, right? It's until they get to the fights, and then there'll be hundreds of people surrounding them. You know what I mean? Like, it's always in the underground. There's people there, but it's never brought up. Like, well, the f I know exactly what you're talking about, but that's not how this is going to play out. There's nobody okay. around. The man just fights. You say you want to fight me? It's it's a private fight. It is in an arena, but but there's no audience. There's people, no like, wish audience. People to pay for kicks. Nope, there's no betting. It's just between you and the man. I lost all sense of humanity. My money has made me known. That's why I'm betting on to the death fighting. <laughs> you can't bet on it because you can't find it. Uh, I got twisted. So I found the name of that film. Um, it's called 
Abaraxis, Guardian of the Universe, and it's a cult film, the internet claims. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, what a great title. Right. Um, Abaraxis, Guardian of the Universe. So, let's see. Lee and Michael. Yeah, I already told you. Yeah, it's the same producers who... They knew Jesse Ventura. He was available. He wanted to make money in films. So, okay. Here's the first fight they're arranging, and they're bringing down their lead, their uh, hero, Mojo. Ooh. And once again, the fight will indoors, which just doesn't make sense in a real world. This is, what a great introduction. Mojo. Hey, bro. Look at that thank muscle. you. I want to thank my clown. I want to thank my uh, fire uh -huh. breather. I want to thank Skeletor. Yeah. Thank you, whatever Phoenix. How do you say so his people, name? Joaquim? So wait a minute. So she's going to make money by him. He, there's readily available gambling going on. on the yeah, right. Him, and she's going to make money off of this. But they want to, just so they could get to the man and make money off of bet off the man. Right. No, no side bets. No, with no side Even bets. Even though that's her hustle to the point where she just steals the side bets. Right. The thing is, she gets him all the way to the man, and that's how we're set up, that it's going to be, you know, she will make money from it. But basically, he gets the prize. Now, look, she's putting Vaseline on the face. I don't know why. When you get hit, it slides. I don't know. Yeah, it should put it on his chest. What kind of world is this in which we have gladiators indoor you know don't think you this is legal what they're doing right now well are you sure it's indoors like it's not like a uh take a look take well, a you look. got a you got a fire juggler look there's fire inside the house okay so you're saying they're in the backyard yeah like it's an outdoor patio oh, that makes so much more sense there's trees yeah. all right so full disclosure the first time I watched this film, I was like, you know, whatever. It was in the background. The second time I was on my hike and I did watch the whole thing. The <laughs> third time, I, I I did watch it, but I like, there was a little fast forwarding. I was trying yeah. to get my notes okay. together. Hey, man, I, it's not, not a good movie. Now. Again, it's not a good movie, Carl. It's not a good movie. <laughs> uh. Plus, you know, I've seen myself with my shirt off. I don't need to watch it on screen. Right, right. Yeah, like we don't all have abs. Ooh, what a brag. I have the old muscle, the barrel chest. Now, there's this unrealistic chanting that the director put in. Let me play. Okay, it's not right now. We're having the dumb little right. music. But they're all going, Mo, Joe, Mo, Joe. And when I was on my hike, I realized if you think that a person's named Joe and you would say, go, go, Joe. If you just think that in your head, you can hear that in the chanting. And then you could switch uh -oh. back and forth. You say, no, they're saying Mojo. And then you would hear Mojo. You say, no, they're saying go, Joe. And you would hear go, Joe. It was, I might've been a little high. Oh, on your hike watching this movie? I was on my hike and you know, it's time to be alone like you in the park. Yeah, right. I do it all the time. Sorry, girl. The mother's. Now, nice. 
<laughs> the deal sorry, is... Sorry, I'm sorry. I know we were supposed to do this at a certain time. I was in the park. I apologize. Oh, that? I'm not bringing that up. I don't mean it was like you in the park tonight. I mean, it's like when you go to the park. You know, I go on my hike. You go on your yeah. park. This is what I mean. So... Now, the deal wasn't that he was supposed to win and get a bounty. The deal was he was supposed to lose so that they could make money off the betting. They both bet against him, you see. But, but he's, he's just, he can't. He won't go down. See, this is why we should have a five minutes in the beginning with his backstory. And this is what he did in the ring. They were like, you're going down, bird. And he goes, okay, I'm going down. And, you know. But then he doesn't, and the mobster loses like 20 grand. You know what I mean? And then they're after him, and he hits the road with no money. You know, it's they should have set it up. So what's he doing? Like, she, does she bet against him again that he's going to win? No. Emmett Walsh is a sleazy guy. So what he does is, see, you go up there and lose, see? And then he, they, they put their money on Mojo. So they'll make a lot of money when Bird loses, but he's not going down. There we go. Down. Nope. Up. <laughs> Mojo. Go, Joe. Let's see if they're chanting. Yeah. You hear the Mojo? Mo. Go, Joe. Go, Joe. Go. <laughs> Mo Joe, Mo Joe. Yeah, he's having a count. Go Joe, go Joe. High five. Look at high this. Five. You thought this was all indoors? The trees and shit like that? Yes. Yes, I did. The concrete floor. Yeah, I can see that. But I see like parking lot or like, you know how apartments have like uh, they share a space in the middle of the block? Mm hmm. Like the back of the the back of the houses. Yep. Now, if everyone thinks Mo Mojo is the favorite to win, right? Who would bet against Mojo? Why does is it that Emmett stands to win a lot of money? He doesn't, right? When you make the guy take a dive, it's the guy who's going to win, and everyone puts their money on him except for you, because you have the fix. So it doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. Like the rest of this movie. Yeah. Okay. Now in a he is totally down for the count, which again, the writers missed a mark here. I mean, if he had not gone down, he would have been in trouble with Emmett. I don't know. I don't know. I, I would have written this film differently. Because <laughs> I I'm so So now he's gonna say you lost this match, so you'll be perfect for the match. Well, okay, we were set up to believe that Emmett would now lead him through a group of fights, you know, five fights, six fights, in which he would get enough money to have a bounty against the man, right? That was, he's supposed to make $1,000 tonight. So he just woke up and now he's ranting, I'm not done, come back here, you. It's, it's, it's. Bad acting and it's bad writing. <laughs> oh, this is my first comedy show after the pandemic ends. Where are you going, outdoor crowd? Come back. <laughs> it must have been COVID. Get back here. Okay. 
So now yeah. Emmett is supposed to deliver the thousand dollars, but he only delivers one hundred dollars. Oh, so he's there. Why? Because he's robbing them. He's 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 you know. He said there were expenses. Girl pulls out a gun on her. You're gonna wow. take the hundred dollars. See. That's not going to help. You can't barely get any help over this $100. Okay, so now Emmett has arranged a meeting with the man. But do you see how it doesn't make sense? We got set up to understand they're going to raise money to have a big bounty. Now they have no money, and for some reason, they still get to meet the man with no money. They have $100. Well, that's the thing. Like, So 10 times is what, like $1,000? Yeah, get but it. why would the man... He just wants to kill this guy. That's what we discover later when he goes through with it. But we've been set up to believe that you need to raise a stake. You need to get 10 grand together. You need to get 40 grand together. Right. Or he won't get... There he is, Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura. Yeah. Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura. Here, I'll put him on. All right. Uh, Carl, it's me, Jesse Ventura. You're right. That's what he's doing. Wow, look, he could sit there. Okay. They do that thing where, like, you know how, like, when you're introduced to the villain, they sometimes they don't show the guy's face. They show, like, right. the back of him or, or or they show it as, like, shadowy. They're yeah. kind of playing that up. Like, you know, this guy is so important that he's, like, perfectly in the middle of a hell-like area. Okay, so the area, they went to a graveyard, you see, and in Louis in New Orleans, they have all those, I don't know what the word is, houses. Uh, you can Mausoleum. go in. Mausoleum, I guess. So he's sitting on a coffin right now of a dead person in one of those houses. You see all those candles burning? It's just what yeah, you're talking yeah, yeah. about. Like, oh God, what was that horrible Mickey Work movie where he had Oh, right, right. Okay, now we have yeah. our inappropriate scene for the film. Now, what's going on here is she's saying, you know, like, being alone on the road sucks, nobody loves you, I'm, you've got the right idea, just kill yourself. And she starts drinking. She never has really drank before. And she's like, ugh, how can you stand this stuff? And he's like, practice. But it's inappropriate for this stage in the film. This is something they should have happened when they were on the road together, you know, scraping to buy a living. Now they've arrived at their destination and they're going to fight the man. So now's not the time to have this, why am I doing this life come apart? Do you follow me? Yeah, but you know, I mean, they only have $100. They're not going to make that much money. Yeah, well, I mean, they'll make a nine, plan. They'll They'll make 10 grand from, I mean, they'll make nine, wait, wait, wait. Wait, it'll be a thousand, right? Yeah, no, but he, I think no. I might be wrong. He might have said a hundred times because he's going to pay, the stake will become 10,000. They end up having $98, okay? So the stake becomes $9,800. So whatever that math is, that's what the man will pay you. Gotcha. Boy, am We're I assuming he's going to win. 
I'm so glad that school right. is over. We are assuming, yeah, we're assuming that um, uh, Bird's going to win. It's a movie. So now he's but like. But it would be great if like, the man just pummels him. Yeah, and he dies. That would be such an anti-climax. Yeah. That's ha what happens in French and experimental films. So right now he's like, she's talking herself down. Who would want me and stuff? And so he's talking her up. Like, you're a beautiful young woman, you know. And it's getting kind of lovey-lovey. It's inappropriate. Now, what do you think he is? In his mid-30s, maybe late? Oh, I see. Yeah. He's 18, right? She's so that's 20 years, yeah. 15 to 20 years younger, which is maybe okay when you're, when you're both old people, but they're not. She's 18. You know, I don't know. I don't like it. Gotcha. Now, here's yeah, the... Yeah, let's fast forward during this. We can't. It'll mess everybody up at home. You can just close your eyes, but... It, this is as far as it gets. It's only inappropriate to a kiss, okay? They don't do it or anything. Right. Now, here's the... To be fair, she gave her... To be fair, what? He did offer her boots beforehand. Yeah, that's right. I think that's grooming. Booze falls over, and he's pissed about that because he loves to drink, and he realizes what he's doing kissing this girl is wrong. And then she's like, what is it, Bird? Is it me? And he goes, um, I don't know. It, it basically, he just, he realizes it, you know, he can't, he can't, he can't. So, he doesn't. Yeah. Hooray! This is, this young woman has, just wants him to fight that's all he would go on to be in one episode of superboy and one episode of swamp thing <laughs> what episode of swamp thing god uh uh i didn't copy that's like it. the tv show yeah 1991 swamp thing tv series one episode i didn't copy down what the name was what his what he played i thought it'd only be interesting that he was only in one episode Oh, no, it's funny. I found one statement on one website and nowhere else where it says that this guy, Paul Kofus, who, Bird, frequently works with filmmakers Damon Lee, that's this one, and Jim Wynarski. Yeah. Now, Jim Wynarski, as you know, he's Munchie Strikes Back director. He's Munchie's, Munchie's oh, wow. author. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. This is just Munchie's world we live in. Yes, that's your show, I guess. B letter yeah, right, always show up. They always come back. Okay. Oh, look at Survivor. And they're at the fight. This is the secret location. Maybe we're going to find Michael Ironside now. Let's look for him. Is Michael Buffer going to be here? Michael, oh. There's Jesse Ventura, and who's Let's Did you see Michael Ironside in the whole film? No, not yet. He might have been a hobo. We're at the end. 
She's like $92.98. Let's see. That is not. You know, Michael Buffer, let's get ready to rumble. Right. There's the money. Deal. No deal. Deal. No deal. Okay, deal. 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 Yeah. $9,172 $9, is what they will make off of their $91.72. No spectators. Thank God. That is not Ironside, but what am I thinking? No, that's like Ironside's accountant. That's Ironside, the, the detective in a wheelchair. Right. Right, wasn't that the theme song? I don't remember. I remember watching Ironside and liking his character. He was a tough guy. Well, you would be rolling around town like a Raymond Burr. Right. That was the DC Boys lyric. Oh, was it? That's cool. Yeah. Bless All right, you. here we go. Chapstick. No, thank you. Take your hand. That was uh, Ben Benjamin here at the studio. Listen, I got to tell you, there was supposed to be bare knuckles, fight to the death, no rounds, no referee. So why are they putting on tape? Well, you know. I don't. Yeah, protect those knuckles. The tape is so the knuckle, right, exactly. So now. Look how fuzzy he is. I think it's good of Jesse that he allows himself to be perfect. beaten in the movie. And he's bald and he just owns it. Oh, yeah, but he also has a physique of, like, you know, older school fighter. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that's to say he's not, like, absculpted. He's just got a pee. I really got a pee. If this guy was really the man, do you think that he would be an equal in a fight against Bird? I mean, look at him. He's getting his ass kicked. You know what I mean? He, he would be Bruce Lee. Now. Right now, Bird's getting his ass kicked. Yes, you're right, but I'm saying they're equally matched. They each had a turn, you know what I mean? Like, right. why is Jesse missing? You know, it just seems well, like he would be the Bruce Lee of boxing. It would we really have eight more minutes. We have eight more minutes to, to wrap this up, so he's got a, he's got a slip. <laughs> it would be great if he won. Who ever heard of an island where you are like a uh, arena to that. That's so ridiculous. Right, and does that look like an arena? It's a sand, right? It's a circle. I know. If sand. I'm going to die, I want a real arena. Right. Don't didn't you? I expect... wouldn't even play Pokemon. Throughout the thing, they're talking about an arena. I would expect empty bleachers, empty seats. Yeah. This is not how I wanted to die. By the way, the music it's they're lame. playing for this is completely inappropriate for. The fight scene. It's like mysterious music. Let me put it up. So it's got that blues twang. Well, right. It all comes out to this. The man versus man is putting it down. But it should be fight you music. like the man's just kicking it. You the man. This should be montage. Yeah, that's right. Getting I like, how, like This is the ultimate... 
Look, he's got no, a. This is the whole thing of the movie is this fight. Look, he's got a. He oh, had, no, he man, hit him with. It's... What? The man is cheating. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's it, there's it, there's no rules apparently, but now look. So he gets a rock and hits him on the head with the rock. So now we've got makeshift weapons. Oh, look at all that right. ketchup. Oh, that's a mess. Oh, that's a lot. That's Canadian ketchup. Canadian ketchup is mayonnaise. Right. Uh, good point. Canadian blood is white as they are. Well, for french fries, they would never put it in the ketchup. <laughs> so Jesse Ventura pleads with Bird to finish it, like to kill him. Yeah. Bird comes out and he says, sorry, no big payday. He didn't have the heart to kill another man. Oh, so what? This must be a metaphor. Maybe he went on a spiritual journey, but there's no money out of this, right? Yeah, the thing is, if he went on a spiritual journey, that's good, but we never saw that journey. Why didn't he kill the guy? Right. Just because he's a nice guy? And she's like, oh, money's all a headache anyway. You know, you're my big ba uh, big bounty, you know, you being alive. Because she didn't know if he was going to be dead or alive. And they didn't really soak off of that. We saw her tense face, but they never right. played with that, you know. She never, like, fought the guy saying, I want to know what's going on in there. Get back, Missy. You know, she never. But she knew this was a fight to the death. And she knew this is the reason why they went to Tennessee. And right. Then he, he goes, I, I don't want to do it. She goes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And now they're looking at the money they still have. She's He's getting half of the $91 because they're going their separate ways. Right. He, well, he's going straight to the bar. Probably. And she never taught him how to read. Instead, she's just giving him the book and saying, read this someday. It's dumb. This film is dumb. <laughs> Rose done. And shut off the highway. Gotta give it up for that. Well, it's the it's a train yard. They're gonna jump tracks. Oh, I see. Wait, maybe like, like you do with eighty nine. Yeah. They're yeah. gonna start singing the big rock candy mountain. There was none of that. Look, look, look. She goes, Bird, kiss me goodbye. Oh, isn't that gross? Gross. Is that a stand-up joke? Oh, isn't that gross? <laughs> no, I don't think there's a joke in there. Go ahead, write. You can write that one down. I'm not going to write that one down. Okay, I'll just write it because they said it, but it probably won't come to anything. Okay, aw, and I'll put in, like, cute sound, and then I put... No, it didn't work. Oh, she's on the railroad. That's this right. Now, I think what the director missed an opportunity here. I think that we should have seen Bird running up, and she couldn't see it. Oh, right. So he throws oh, yeah. in the book. So he's decided to be with her, like to, to travel the rails with her. Well, she's not dressed as a guy either, right? Like she's just she's back to hobo life as a woman. Yeah, she she's she's still dressed as a girl, I guess. 
He throws her hat away. Why? Right? Throw the book away. Now they're French kissing. And I guess that implies they're going to be lovers. I guess. Yeah, that is kind of gross. Yeah, it's just, it's not disgusting. She is a woman, but I'm saying it feels like you should know better, dude, that, you know, and you're, you're just not in the right place in your life to match with her. Well, it sure is lovely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Thunderground. Let's look for Michael Ironside's name. It's yeah, still right, we're, we're okay. There's Sanderson. Michael, Michael, not Michael, Ironside, no. Michael, Michael, not Michael. Michael no, Michael Shearer, no. Emmett Walsh, Clark. look how low he is. I know, it's crazy. He's yeah, right above did. Mojo. Oh, maybe yeah, they're going in order of appearance. I, okay, see? The actors' no. names are over. Where is Michael Ironside? Faye Thomas, the director of a uh, Pretty Bunch movie? From I guess. Production manager Nancy Wilson of Heart. Wow. This is a lot of... Carl, this is the point of the show where I ask you what you think of this movie. Guess. You guess. I think this movie was yeah. crap. I think it was done to... It wasn't just done to show fighting. They were trying to tell a story. It was supposed to be endearing of how these people found each other and saved each other. And that is not what we saw. Yeah, I didn't like this movie. I mean... Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah. I tell you. It was Why stupid. was he on the road? You know? Uh, like, there were a real homeless situation in 89, but there were hobos. And homeless then they had, like, situation in 89 was in the streets of New York, in the streets of San Francisco. It wasn't on the railways where, I mean, you have to be right. going somewhere to be Okay, well, then, all right. So the, the appeal of bare knuckle boxing is that they, they, Fight for money and they win the money, right? And right. so, and they so you have this whole subculture of like gamblers who fight the illegal fights, and right. they they play off of like that's someone making money, but ultimately when it goes to the fight with the man, there's there's none of the spectators there, which is that's right. The movies, you know, that's right. The there's no stakes. There's no spectator. There's no. This is the ultimate World Series of everything we've yes. been doing thus far. No. There's none of that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would recommend fighting. Uh, I I think there's three dots at the end of it. Ram went on my Ram went on my mind. Turn back the time. I wish you could turn back the time. Oh, forward the time. It's wasted time. <laughs> Marco Kidder and the truck stop man. What kind of song is that? I'm a kid girl. Margo and the truck stop man. What kind of song is that? I don't know, but they drove south. All right, well, that's from the soundtrack to Thunder Brown. Carl, let's uh, watch yeah. this movie off our let's Next week, we'll be back next week. We hope you enjoyed uh, the experience of our show, watching Thunder Brown. Uh, yeah, Thunder I Brown. The, yeah, I never say the word Thunder Brown again. Never. Don't ever be that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next week we're going to be watching a uh, early TV movie with George Carlin. Really excited about it. It's called Working Trash. Bingo. 1990. And, uh, 1990. Oh, so this is pretty uh, 
this is around the same time as Thunderground. We're staying around them when they lose. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I don't know if there's a trailer out there. It was a TV show, a uh, movie. Oh, can I? May I? Da -da 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 -da. Ernie Anderson here. The heart to heart. <clears throat> Such a heart to heart at seven o'clock to bring you the Tuesday night. I can't do it. Okay, yeah, there's a trailer. No, that's the full movie. Working Trash is the name of the film. It is chosen because it's George Carlin, and it also stars Ben Stiller, and it's Michael's style because it was a TV movie that everybody missed, you know? Right. So we're excited about it. And that's been our that's show. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks for uh, listening. Next week for Working Trash. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube With Mike Spiegelman Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube With Mike Spiegelman Let's watch a Hi, this is Carl. I wrote this song. I I'm Mike's friend. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to Carl. The French duh, not the duh duh. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike. o'clock on a Monday, it's usually time for Joke Workshop, and today will be some semblance of Joke Workshop. Your host, Pan Benjamin, I'm joined by Pancake, and Jonathan's hanging out. We're going to have some calls, we have some scheduled calls coming in. We have Shane Kenny and Aaron Lewis, also Elizabeth Stanton from British Columbia, and Jen Perez, yeah. all scheduled to call in. We're going to talk for... 15 minutes, tell jokes, take notes, see if what they want to, if they're working on stuff or not, whatever. And uh, yeah, that's the plan. The phone number is 415-550-0511. Uh, you can give us a call after 7.05. We're going to get through all of our comedians. If you hear beep beep in the background, that's because somebody is calling. We, we don't have call waiting on our landline here at mutinyradio.fm. But we do have a landline. So in the coming apocalypse, that's something to note, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you can call always in. call us. Uh, phone tree. Five five zero zero five one one. What fun tree? What's a fun tree? A phone tree. Oh, a phone tree. Yeah, so we can relay information to people, um, and we usually, if there's an emergency, we have to like call outside of the state because all the circuits in in here will be busy. So call out state and have someone that we can re rely uh, rely on to pick up a phone and then relay information and then have that person be uh, ready to receive other phone calls and give information to people who are calling them. Because the internet's going to go down? Everything, everything, <laughs> everything. Phones are different, though. 
And All if right, the electricity well. goes out, we still have phones. All right, 415-550-0511. That's happening. Uh, th- uh, throughout the entire background here today, I'm just going to be... Uh, there it is. Just Bob Marley playing on a forever loop. Don't worry about a thing. Three little birds. But be prepared. Yeah, I mean, be prepared. But don't worry. Be prepared. I mean... This is this is a this has been an, a really great time for me. I mean, you know, I've been I've been dealing with some issues of anorexia, and what a time to be anorexic, you know, during the apocalypse when <laughs> you don't have access to food anyway. Ha <laughs> ha! Look at that! <laughs> I win. I'll just keep getting thinner. I'm like, God, I look great in the apocalypse. I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm. I had two hard-boiled eggs today. I'm doing good. And a couple pieces of delicious seas candy. Shout out to J W Blunt who um, brought me some candy, so I uh, love C's candy, so good. Also, he has a show here on Fridays, 4 to 6, uh, JW Megawig, works for C's candy, good guy. C's candy is uh, expanding, or it's they were. Well, it's a San Francisco-based company from back in the turn of the century. Yeah. Great stuff. I love candy. Love candy. What about ice cream? It's it's. Yeah, it's it's are good. I mean, I'm I'm down. I I think years ago that I was more my game were, were the it's it's, um, but I might have itsed it myself out of the game. Like I might have eaten too many it's it's oh. because I was like, that was one of my main food sources for a while was it's it's. Oh, not moon pie. No, 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 no. I mean, I like I really enjoy um, uh, marshmallow though. Oh, Jonathan. You have to put headphones on for when people call if you want to. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, but uh, it's, it's uh, I'm from Southern California, so they were kind of a thing, I guess. People knew about them, and people were like, oh, yeah, my cousin's smoking. Have you ever heard of it's it's? I'm like, sounds weird because there's two it's in it. <laughs> but um, then coming up here, it was just, yeah, like Pam said, I maybe overate them because it was I might so have overeaten them, yeah. Overeating them, yeah. It was just so good. It it could be a breakfast. It could be the a lunch. The cappuccino, though, is is probably I say their best flavor. No, but I can't, you know, I can't taste them anymore. So that's another reason why ice cream just doesn't do it for me anymore as uh. much. Oh, there we go. That's yeah, got to be yeah. Shane. Thank God we were. I was doing something else. Okay, here we go. Hey, Shane. What's going on? Pam? All right, right on time. Thanks for calling into the joke workshop here. Mutiny Radio. FM. So do you um. Oops, sorry, that was that was a little bit squeaky. Um, do you have any new material you've been working on? So much new material. So glad you're doing this. Um, so you gotta get your face really close to the phone, other to I the speaker. There you go. I have it like next to my mouth. I'm like, okay, I'll take my phone. Yeah. Cool. There you go. Is that better? No, it's not. But keep trying. Can you hear me? I mean, kind of, but it's just not that loud. Try again. Here, I took there you go. Now we're cooking cool. with grease. All right, cool. Let me know when to. Yeah, start, start. it up. Cool. Awesome doing this. Now I can actually imagine my audience in their underwear and know they're actually in their underwear. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's gnarly what's been going on. Uh, on a lighter note, I learned that animals can get intoxicated, not from the same things that intoxicate us, like. Dolphins can get high by huffing puffer fish, and like bears can get drunk from drinking too much honey. Which means you know bears have had this conversation, like, Yogi, what what happened to Smokey? 
Oh, uh, drank 20 honeycombs last night. Smokey got so drunk, he started a fire. Oof. At least I can, like, pretend my everyone's laughing hysterically. This is... Uh, so my older brothers beat the crap out of me growing up, and one time my big brothers beat me up so bad, I don't remember what I did to piss them off. They beat a memory out of me. I've been in mosh pits, car accidents, fist fights, all that I remember with clarity. I don't know how hard or repeatedly you have to hit a person to remove a memory, but my brothers are pioneers in punching and kicking and wherever the else they slammed my skull. So, what else? I learned recently that the scientific term for male stupidity is testosterone poisoning. Testosterone poisoning, like, I was relieved to hear that because all this time I thought I was an idiot. It turns out I've been dealing with a severe case of poisoning my whole life. It was not understood until now, so at least I'm getting to the bottom of, you know, all these blackout drunkenness and all these shenanigans I keep finding myself in the middle of. So, uh, I wish I were bisexual. I really do. It looks like a lot of fun. Like, to put this in video game terms, being straight feels like I'm playing Team Deathmatch. At best, I can hit half the map. You know, if I'm lucky. But being bisexual is like playing free-for-all. The map is wide open. If you got enough skill and everyone's consenting, you could walk into a bar and be like, I'm going to fuck everyone here. I'm feeling it. Let's do this. So speaking of fucking, uh, Chick-fil-A. So Chick-fil-A apparently donated $2 million anti-LGBT um, group, which is hilarious because Chick-fil-A's entire business platform is built on people putting cocks in their mouth and swallowing. <laughs> like, you'd think they'd be more supportive of the gay community considering <laughs> their, what the company is founded upon. Let me know when I'm out of time. Oh, uh, how about two more jokes? Cool. So, during this crisis, we've all come to think about our intelligence, what we're dependent on. Do you ever think about how far society would get if you were the smartest person around? Like, you're the Elon Musk of Earth. How do we have, like, flying cars or what? Like, I'm constantly thankful there's geniuses who are making cool stuff for us to enjoy because... If I were the smartest person in the tribe, we would all know where the G-spot is, but once we discover psychedelics and the G-spot, we are no longer progressing. We're all going to feel great and have some cool stories, but nothing to write them down with or make them into shows. So, uh, last joke, uh, I think this pandemic is going to create a new subspecies of bros and jocks that are super hygiene conscientious. Because this pandemic shut down sports, and the gym. This is like Armageddon for testosterone. Like the same guys who buy Bud Light and protein powder are after this are going to have hand sanitizer on their teeth. Because you know some dude after this is going to be like, Chad, we can't risk losing sports to the gym again. I was just punching the wall and jerking off all day. And then Brad's going to be like, dude, I was just reading a book. I'd... <laughs> 
So thank you for the time. I, I'm taking all the silent laughter Yay. and the joy. I wrote down some. I wrote down. I wrote down some comments for you, uh, Shane. So let's. Uh, so first, uh, bears can get drunk off honey. I like where you're going with it, but I I want like a scientific reason why. Like you just kind All of right. mentioned in passing that animals are getting drunk off something else, but then you didn't. But it wasn't alcohol, and you didn't say why. Just like one line of a reason, scientifically why or whatever. Um, the brothers beating the shit out of each other and then into testosterone poisoning, I feel like that needs to be one joke. Like, um, there's testosterone poisoning within your family because of genetics or something. I would take, I would take those jokes and look for the, look for, rather than it being two separate things, try to meld it together as one. Uh, and then at the end, I would also call that back because you talk about how, they were you were they're closing the workout gyms and oh my god what are you gonna do there's gonna be testosterone poisoning there's gonna be the opposite of you know something about like what are my brothers gonna what are people gonna do they're gonna have to go home and beat up their family or something you know what I mean like yeah bring it back to the brother I got thing you. thank you yeah so I would take I would take all that beating and then also I mean if you're gonna talk about beating each other up you sort of have like a beat off joke right there you're kind of like setting yourself mm-hmm. up for a dick joke um, oh yeah. I mean, you said beating a lot, and um, so the I wish I was by thing for me, it didn't pan out only because I didn't I don't play video games, so I didn't know your yeah. references like deathmatch, and um whatever the other thing was free fall or something. But the funny part in that was if you have the line, this is a great line. If you have enough skill and consent, that line is gold. If you have enough skill and consent, you can do anything you want. So. That, out of the whole thing you did, that was where I, I thought the funny really was on the line. If you have enough skill and consent, boom. Um, the Chick-fil-A is hilarious. I would just say Chick-fil-A's entire business is, or uh, even less words, but swallowing cock is, you don't, okay. have, to, you don't have to do, yeah. you could just cut the chaff, right? So you're like, Chick-fil-A's business plan is based off swallowing cocks, you know, something like that. Just quick but yeah. the, I, you had the perfect idea there um that's it that's those are the notes i took what do you think thank you so much i really appreciate you doing this thank you oh yeah 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 um so you've been so you've been right you've been writing a lot this week i've been writing not just stand up i'm doing a quarantine day journal i'm working on my fiction book and then recording music so i've been pumping out work that's yeah. great yeah yeah i'm Taking advantage. What's your What's your fiction book about? Um, having studied climate change and read a lot of cool stuff on like human psychology and just being a history nerd, I wanted to just, in my own, for my own curiosity, see what's the United States going to look like 200 years after we don't solve climate change. After what? After what about climate change? Like, so essentially, the premise of the book is we didn't address climate change fast enough. Oh, okay. Farmland became unusable. Cities were a couple cities sank, and it's really 200 years in the future. Seeing like, what's the U.S. look like? What cities are still around? Who's surviving? What diseases became airborne because of? Who's your main character? Um, my main character is a scavenger from like a community of farmers, whose his job is just like, hey, can you go find some supplies we need in the ruins of a city? Get some food, don't die, 
and he's going out on a run when these rich people who abandoned Earth because it got too scary because the poor were killing them, their descendants have been living in space the whole time, uh-huh. and their space station starts to break down. So the story picks up when these descendants of rich people who have no idea the Earth is complete shit now are relying on these farming communities to keep them safe from other groups of farmers and 